1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. We're Wolves, eh, we? Hello and welcome to the episode Lockdown of the 77 Club. Hope you're all keeping well. I'm joined by Harry Mansell. Hello, everyone. Jack Williams. Hi, guys. You've changed the order for lockdown. Cheers. Thanks. Hi. I want, well, yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, Harry, how have you been battling lockdown so far? You've been enjoying yourself, haven't you? Yeah, well, I'm on furlong, as you know, so <laughs> just been just chilling. <laughs> Fucking furlough, chill. <laughs> furlough. You're horse racing, eh? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just been chilling. Uh, my furlough ends the 29th, so maybe back after that, if Big Bad Boris opens up the shops again. And uh, also with Jack is still at work, working from home, and uh, so is Dan, and I'm still at work. Key worker, thanks for all your clapping on a Thursday night, it means the world to me. Uh, right, okay, well, uh, let's talk about some football, not that any has been happening particularly over the last two months, um, but a little bit of an update, and I think we're going to start with uh, Morgan Gibbs-White, aren't we, Harry? He hasn't exactly showered himself in glory by partying with Z-list celebrities from Love Island, breaking lockdown rules. Yeah, um, I was quite shocked when it came out, well... Actually, I wasn't, but he, I just didn't think he'd do it because he'd been putting the posts on his own social media, a couple of them, saying the old classic, stay at home, do what you can, support the NHS. And I think the big thing, what shocked me the most was how our club, like the Club Wolves, you know, they've, they've been helping out in the local area. They've had a big message about it, really sticking to all the rules when people have been going into training and whatever. And yeah, obviously he did that and I was quite shocked and I think the biggest shock to come out of it as well is we've learnt today at the time of recording the 21st 
that he's not being fined at all, which we thought he would be at first. He survived the chop, hasn't he? And he hasn't been punished, which is crazy. Bayliss, should he be fined or is it about Stern talking to? Because lots of people are saying he's only 20 years old. Oh, I think he 100% should be fined. <clears throat> Excuse me. The guy's earning thousands of pounds a week, no doubt, and set a horrendous example to young Wolves fans out there. Definitely deserves a fine. Massive bollocking, which no doubt he probably had, but the club need to show actions to the fans that this is unacceptable because there was big outrage across the social media channels that we saw against what he did. He was a prat and he deserves to be punished and that should be a monetary fine as well and it should be going to local charities. How much should he be fined? Lots. Which is, I'd say, man. <laughs> 80% of his wages for two months. So he can pay my 80%. furlough. Yeah. Uh, we're doing that, Absolutely. mate. Cheers. <laughs> uh, Jack, what do you think? It's a, a situation that he shouldn't really be in. He's not 12 years old. He's 20 years old. He's an adult in the eyes of law and has been for at least two years now. And he shouldn't be doing these things, should he? It's a difficult one. Obviously, no, he shouldn't be doing it. And I think when I first saw it, it was more just, I'm just very disappointed. And it's the... Not just talking about Gibbs White now, but the hypocrisy of the whole situation where you've had footballers who, for whatever reason, have been told to speak out to try and encourage the people who look up to them to abide by lockdown rules, then go and break them themselves. And it sort of just sets this, makes you believe they've got this sort of mentality that they're above the law because they're young and rich and famous. And that leaves a sour taste in your mouth. But then on the other hand, I don't think any of us here can say that when we were 20 years old we did everything exactly the right way and looking back we've made mistakes but yeah I'm surprised I'm guessing he got a very firm talking to from Nuno and unlike the, the Jack Grealish situation really where you saw a lot of Villa fans defended him most of the Wolves fans just ripped him apart straight away and lots of them don't want to see him in the club again and you know I think his punishment is he should just be sent on loan to Blues for two years and then transfer to Wolves <laughs> Jack there's a big difference isn't there between being young and 20 years old and doing something stupid and getting a slap on the wrist from your parents or school or college or wherever you are, this this guy's earned his way into a privileged position to be seen in the public eye and you have to act in a credible way when you do that. That comes with his position. The money, the fame, being on TV, wearing the kit, getting to travel the world, playing top-level sport and getting hundreds of thousands of pounds to do it, that comes with not being a dickhead. That's like literally there's one rule you have to follow. Don't be a knob. Don't give the media a chance to bash you. And he's done it. And so he deserves big punishment for it. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially when, well, it's more, it, this is actually one of these things that rather than just, you know, being drunk and having a fight in a nightclub or something, this is something that is actually life or death. So if anything, this is more serious than anything else he could have done wrong. So I'm not really defending him. I'm just saying there are sort of two sides to the story. But I At think least he didn't crash on the harsh. way there and the way back. <laughs> that's a very good point but also if you send him to Blues on loan they've been practicing social distancing within St Andrews for years they're always at least 10 metres apart on match day so that would be the perfect place for him to go no, I was just like I'll pick up some of what Jack said saying that the, 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 literally bar one or two people everyone went mad didn't they about what happened do you think mm-hmm. if it had been Jota for example it would have been much less of a like a backlash from the Wolves fans do you think it's because Morgan Gibbs White he's not that much of a fan favourite anyway is he in my opinion a lot of people don't even rate him a lot of people think he's in the team just because he's a local lad and he's come through the setup. so do you think if it was Jota that um, we wouldn't have had such a backlash from our own support I think you're probably right-ish because he's been a bit off the boil probably lately Gibbs White hasn't he and um, mm. had a few bad games so it's, that's probably the difference between 
Villa fans defending Grealish is because Grealish is their only player, and and us, <laughs> and basically it's, it's one of our sort of fringe players who we thought might have got out on loan or leave the club at some point soon. Anyway, it would have been interesting to see what had happened if you said like it was if it was Yota, Jimenez, or Neves. Or- but also, it wasn't so. It, it, you know, yeah. what, if it, what if it was the Queen? Actually, the one, the, yeah. one th- the one thing, actually, when you think everyone keeps going on an age-old debate about foreign stars in the Premier League, who are the three ones who have broken the lockdown rules in, in like, massive fashion? You think about it, they're all English. Yeah, Carl Walker, Grealish, yeah, gives away. No, the, the only reason I give the Jota example is because, obviously, Grealish is Villa's star, whereas Jota's more of our star, isn't he? So I do think there would have been a difference. And, yes, Jota didn't do it, but he's young also. And I was just giving that example. But yeah, good point. Three uh, English lads. I don't know if there's much to look into that, but... Maybe it shows you know. the arrogance of English people in reacting to COVID-19 as I've walked around the parks of London and seen thousands of them out there. Jota's too busy like smashing nine-year-olds on FIFA all day anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's class, isn't it, yeah? <laughs> Unreal. Uh, another player for different reasons has been talked about quite a lot and I think has been quite a one-sided conversation was uh, John Ruddy signing a new deal and staying on at the club... Um, for a little bit longer than it was supposed to and it was almost we were talking in the early days of that news break in Harry that we were sort of split on the idea but I think most people think it is a good idea what do you think? Yeah well I I said to you the other day on WhatsApp and now I was surprised at the reaction where honestly I didn't see one bit of criticism or like anyone unhappy with the fact he'd signed on for another year I've I've always said yes he was great in the championship but he makes a lot of mistakes for me but I think the fact that he's willing to be a number two and if you look around are there many goalkeepers you could get who would be willing to be number two who would sign for us and his leadership in the dressing room and things like that is invaluable isn't it really but for me still he's not good enough but I guess you've got to be happy if he's willing to be sat on the bench but for me he's he is a poor well, not poor goalkeeper, but he makes too many mistakes for my liking if we want to have a good, really good backup goalkeeper at this level. On that point, and I, I will come to the out-of-contract goalkeepers that you could get on a free right now, um, but I'll get the thoughts of uh, Jack and Bayliss first. I'll start with you, Bayliss. Thoughts on John Ruddy? No, I think it's a good good acquisition or good extending of contract by Wolves. Perfectly sensible thing to do. He's good. He might have his odd mistake, but I still think he's a fairly safe pair of hands. Great there to have as a backup. He's been a good cup keeper all the way through. I, I like John Ruddy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the other keepers that you're going to mention that are available are going to be damn expensive. The wages are going to be very high. I don't know what John Ruddy's obviously on, but I think I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, quite quite pleased. Um, good backup keeper, true professional. Uh, easy homegrown player if we need one of those. Um, so I didn't see very much negativity about around it either. I think I saw one tweet saying we should be trying to bring in a younger keeper who's going to be the number two and eventually take over from Patricio, which is a good argument if there are some good ones out there. Yeah. But also, just because we've extended John Ruddy's contract by a year doesn't mean that we aren't going to do that as well. There's, there's, It doesn't mean he's definitely going to be the, the set number two keeper all season. He could do it for the first few months and then go out on loan or go somewhere else or this sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's good all round, really. We need good backup and I'm quite confident that if even if he had to do a job in the Premier League for a few days, Ruddy would be 
be more than a- a- adequate. Obviously, unless apart from if he does that thing like he did in the cup, yeah. where he's going wide against Shrewsbury and he manages just to put it in. His <laughs> yeah, you say that, Jack. But to be fair to him, I think the last time he played in goal was the draw away at United in the FA Cup, or was it a loss? I can't remember, but I can remember him having a really good game one, that day. Yeah, he, he actually had a decent game. I remember thinking, yeah, fair play to him. He was solid, but the few performances before that the League Cup away at Villa mm. and things like that he has uh, had uh, banana wrists and he so yeah he's just got to up his performances when he does get in Harry Bayliss mentioned him being a cup keeper just then and that's absolutely right but do you need your number two keeper to be pushing Patricio does he push Patricio for that number one spot as much as a number two should I would think he's nowhere near Patricio, in my opinion. Like he's never if Patricio's fit, Ruddy's never starting. Even if Ruddy had an absolute worldly performance in a League Cup or an FA Cup game, he's not replacing Patricio. So yeah, nah, he's nowhere near. And I think because Nuno's the next goalkeeper himself, that's the reason Ruddy plays all the cup games because he probably knows it's not nice to sit on the bench all the time, and it's good to give the second keeper a run out every now and then. Yeah, but you can't have two international level over a hundred cap won the Euro Championships goalkeepers in your books you can only have one yeah, of them you can only have one of them and the next one just has to be a good keeper that you can call on when it's absolutely needed and Ruddy's clearly a good professional He's, you know he's been mm. around a bit he has had solid performances even though there's been a couple of mishaps I don't think we should be looking abroad or looking at overseas players because as Jack said he ticks that box on the English front as well so it's, mm. a, it's a bit of a win-win situation having him couple of goalkeepers well all of them that are out of contract at Premier League clubs uh, as of June which is of course uh, not too far away anyone want Andy Lonergan back no uh, <laughs> time at, at Liverpool uh, no no uh, Matt Macy at Arsenal uh, 25 oh. years old Matt Macy no, no. Uh, Arthur Burrich at uh, Bournemouth how old no. is he now quite old now he's 40 years old yeah. Ooh. how old's Ruddy 33 uh, Ruddy is late 33 30s. years 30 oh, 30's old he is 33 just a slap head to be fair in, go- in goalkeeping uh, in goalkeeping years that's his prime like dog years prime but, yeah prime. 33 yeah, he could, but he for could, some reason in my head in my head Ruddy's past it maybe that's a bit harsh because he's got no air in it as well just now you think he's <laughs> older than he is and uh, but uh, yeah 33 so he, he, could, he could play for 8 more seasons realistically yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. Arthur Burrich is anything to go by. Uh, Gomez at Watford, Horelia Gomez. He's a bit old as well, isn't he? 39 years old, yeah. He had a good game against us in the FA Cup, didn't he? He played in goal in the semi-final. We, we don't yeah, we don't talk about, about that. No, no, we don't. Uh, Stecklenburg from Everton. No. Never heard of him. years old. No. Uh, Rob Elliott from uh, Newcastle. No. Been there a while. Bloody hell, he's still alive. I thought he was bloody... Michelle Vorm. From Tottenham, 36. Oh. Any of these yeah, tickle that's your fancy? Not a bad one. Oh, here's one, Wolves fans. How about Ben Foster? Yeah. Oh, ben no, Foster. no, 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 no. How old's Ben Foster now? <laughs> uh, ben Foster, 37. He's only that old, huh? Uh, he's been around a while, hasn't he? Um, yeah. Obviously, John Ruddy. Joe Hart, out of contract from Burnley. <sighs> expensive. Well, he's English. So that uh, takes over <laughs> the argument that Ruddy's a good... Um, yeah, that's a good... Would, would Joe Hart want to sit on the bench? Well, he's been sitting on the bench for Burnley. Yeah. He's got to pay for all that head and shoulders, hasn't he? <laughs> that's very true did he sit on the bench for Burnley yeah Joe Hart because they had yeah? Pope oh. yeah. mm. and uh, Carl Darlow 
from New, uh, Newcastle, 29 years old. I thought he was decent whenever I've seen him. Um, but the big one at the top of the list, I think, is probably worth uh, the most money, and especially with the fee paid by Manchester City for him, was Claudio Bravo, 37 years old. His distribution is fantastic. Would Claudio Bravo be a good replacement? He can't. He used to sit on the bench as a number no, two. Too expensive. To no, he's, uh, I think he makes more mistakes than Ruddy. <laughs> Great distribution, though. So. These keepers, they're all, you've all said in their 30s. I think I think if we do bring someone in, it'll be young. I'd bring in Bravo just to replace Connor Cody because Connor Cody obviously can't defend Corden to Harry. <laughs> uh, and his distribution is incredible. So, um, put him wing back. Yeah, put him uh, sweeper, yeah, sorry. Cover, yeah, yes. Yeah, sweeper keeper. Put him to sweeper. And uh, that's some cover for Connor Cody. Excellent. Well, I think we're all agreed that John Ruddy signing a new contract is a good thing. Uh, who knows when we'll get to actually return to some sort of normality. But obviously, he's on the books, which is good for him. And it's good for the club too. A player that is, of course, leaving the club, Harry, is Jordan Graham. I think you liked him when he first joined. Obviously, things were a little bit different then, though. No, he just had that spell, didn't he? When he was literally our best player for not many games, where he was tearing people apart down the left. But then when Nuno came in, I think Nuno did... Thinking back, I think Nuno did start him, didn't he, early on the championship in one of the wing-back roles, but he just wasn't a good fit. And I think a lot of people have said that his attitude weren't great. He went to Fulham, did nothing. And obviously come back and never got back in. But yeah, he just had that little spell where I thought he looked like a proper talent. And when he went on loan to Oxford as well, he was like, I know it's Oxford at lower levels, but he absolutely tore it up then as well. So it's a shame to see that his career is just absolutely dwindled to nothing because he had a lot of potential. Um, we don't like to do transfer rumours, but obviously there's nothing else to do and it's not the transfer window, but we're still going to do it anyway because we've got nothing to talk about otherwise. And it is, well, Traore, I think I saw him pictured in the Scum newspaper today uh, with him photoshopped in a Bayern Munich kit, a Liverpool kit, an Arsenal kit, a Manchester City kit and a Manchester United kit. What was it? £100 million for Adama Traore. Deal. You would rip his hand off, rip the hand off, wouldn't you, Jack? Yeah, um, obviously Traore has been brilliant this season. For, for a start, though, with all these transfer rumours, there's no football on at the moment and journalists still have to print stuff, tweet stuff, write articles. So they're just throwing any old crap at the wall. And I don't think there's any truth in the Jimenez or the Traore really rumours at the moment. It's just a case of, oh, who doesn't play for a big six club who's had a really good season? Let's link them with top six clubs. It's just, it's lazy. And it's They've boring. done the name club value pick out of a hat job, haven't they? Except the bloke took us fistful. But- Traore, right? You think back to how much Klopp praised him the, twi- the, the, the when we played him. I honestly think Liverpool are going to make an offer for Traore. hundred million pounds, though. That's I don't know. If, I, I didn't say a hundred million. I said an offer. But oh, no, his, but- his agent, even his agent, came out saying it was a shame the coronavirus happened because Traore was flying, and he was pretty much implying that in the summer he'd have looked at his options. If you've seen the quote from a few weeks back, so I'm worried Traore will be gone because. Yeah. Even even Spurs, when we played Spurs, all their players allegedly come out and said, Jesus Christ, we couldn't handle him, he's amazing. So, But, like you say, 100 million, I think you'd have to accept that because he hasn't proven he can do it season after season. He's had one good season so and far. He's only got one well, good arm at the moment four. as well. So yeah, exactly. He, he could, yeah. We could, That's true. He could go to Liverpool for 100 million quid and then be like the Toro we had the season before last night, this season, <laughs> yeah, and then break imagine. his arm. and look, he's like, look like he's never seen a football before. I take what Klopp says with a pinch of salt seeing as they scraped two wins over us thanks to a VAR nightmare and just a little bit of luck on the night so I think Mm. they're always going to be more open to praising players when they've managed to get three difficult points rather than actually praising him because he thinks he's 
actually and decent. Would Traore fit into Liverpool's system? Like, you might have to learn like another little way up. Exactly, yeah. Because he he's took Nuno how long to get him to like do what he wants him to do. He can do wing back now, as we know, and then he put him just in front on the right side forward so he has to learn these new positions and Liverpool don't play like us really do they well he's not going to take Trent's position though is he it's this ridiculous speculation there probably are teams out there looking at players of, of the quality of what we've now got but the, the absolute rubbish they print in the in the British sporting press it's just I wouldn't bother reading it yeah and we've said Traore but Raul Jimenez again he's linked with the same clubs as Traore Man United Liverpool but today Juventus as well I mean I think honestly I think there's more chance of Traore leaving than Jimenez just because Jimenez is 29 and his dad come out and said he likes it in Wolverhampton so yeah. <laughs> Harry as I just said it's true. you've got to read this as what the headline should actually say is good teams look at good players that's what the headline should read that's it mm. that's it there's always going to be interest when you've got quality players like we have. Sorry, I was going to say, the one funny thing that came out of lockdown was Wolves getting the gender of Jimenez's <laughs> baby wrong, uh, yeah. saying that it, they were going to give birth to a boy with Daniela Basso, and it, it turns out it was a girl. So yeah. They got the cord wrong, didn't they? They thought the umbilical cord was its uh, penis. That's right, and, and the same happened with Bayliss, actually, because they were like, wow, that's a small clitoris, <laughs> and it turned out it was actually a very, very small penis. Which is embarrassing for everybody on the water. We've got a line of jokes about a man actually expecting a baby, and you fucking picked on me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it could feasibly well, happen to Harry. Right. Harry's baby still couldn't it? Oh nah, mate, that'd be good. True, that'd be good. Why? Because of every little baby, Colin Diogo Mansell. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we've got all the stuff, loads of stuff brought now. As if it is a girl, we were at a boot sale the day after. I hope you're um, not already deciding its gender. You must be buying gender-neutral clothing. For, no, surely. it's going to be... Bin- is it non-binary? <laughs> I'm 2020, mate. Non-binary it's going to be. I don't, I don't like cricket. It's going to decide it's a toaster <laughs> by the age it's four. <laughs> Identify as a fucking anaconda when it's five. <laughs> Not if it goes after it's dad. <laughs> right, let's talk about... <laughs> we talk about coronavirus and obviously the little bit more serious subject from penises. Uh, testing 760 players and staff across the Premier League and about six people tested positive for coronavirus. That's a pretty good um, return in terms of um, people that actually have it. And obviously they weren't even displaying symptoms. So that's a step in the right direction. They've almost tested as many as the government today, which is good. And is it right that they're going back into training now? Should they be doing it sort of socially distance because obviously these training complexes and the way that people are working at the moment means that you can if you have to implement that way of training but obviously it doesn't it only helps really in fitness rather than match sharpness doesn't it Harry? Yeah um, just on the match sharpness point sorry I've seen seen, um, I think it was Steve Bruce saying that they need to delay the season coming back because of that but I'm sure people in lockdown have been training but yeah I'm coming back it is, I mean, well, you stay alert, and it these days the government has said stay alert, not stay at home. So they're allowed to go in, they're keeping their distance, they've, they're taking all the precautions, they bring their own ball, don't they? They don't even go into the building when they're training now. So, yeah, um, have they passed a vote that they can all do group training again soon? I saw small groups yeah. as of yeah. today, I think it was small groups. Small yeah, groups. so it's, it's, I mean, yeah, I think the way Wolves have handled it, we were the first ones to let them come in, do individual sessions in the Premier League, wasn't we? So. We're trying to be a step ahead and, yeah, bring them in. Hopefully they're fit and ready for if we do play behind closed doors. But obviously Danny Rose and uh, our mate Troy Deeney won't be there because they are dead against it. 
certainly are. And what do you think of that, Dan? Do you think that's up to the players that they should be able to choose whether they go back in? Or do you think it's a case of if they've been told that it's safe to go back in, then they should adhere to what the club wants? No, it seems pretty evident that this virus impacts middle-aged BAME men worse than anybody else. And Troy Deeney is a middle-aged BAME man. So fair enough to him. If he doesn't want to go in, he doesn't want to go in. He's more likely to get a serious injury uh, illness from this than anybody else so for the first time in my life I actually agree with Troy Deeney in terms of everything getting back to the new normal and things getting underway again obviously cancelling the season I think it's probably looking likely that it's going to be a points per game system that uh, determines how the league finishes up but I suppose it all really depends on the EFL as well because it's all going to sort of affect each like each one's going to affect the other one if that makes sense so you could have a team at the top of the championship winning the championship and not getting promoted or they could be promoted and the Premier League could get bigger or vice versa it's all a little bit of a sticking situation how do you see it Jack what what way do you see it uh, happening well Obviously, I think the Premier League is going to get finished in, in some shape or form. I think it has to because there's so much riding on it in terms of television rights and money rights. When you're looking at the Championship and and League One, I mean, League Two have pretty much agreed now, haven't they, that uh, there's going to be playoffs. The bottom teams aren't getting relegated and the top two as it stands, as it stands um, go up. So you'd think the blueprint for the other two divisions, if they can't finish playing, is going to have to follow a similar structure. You can't start changing the, the thing between divisions. So nobody gets relegated from the Football League, but you can get relegated between divisions based on whatever it points per game ratio. How do you see it being panned out, Harry? Do you see anyone getting relegated from the Premier League? Do you, do you see How do you see it panning out? See, I think they will have promotions and relegations. The, the one thing I will say, right, I really wanted football to come back. I wanted them to come back behind closed doors, finish off the Premier League until... Until, just from a selfish point of view, I watched that Bundesliga last weekend when yep. that come back. Mm-hmm. It bored the living whatever out of me. I turned it off. It really didn't. I think football without the fans is just really boring to watch as a spectacle on TV. So for me, I wouldn't mind if they ended it now as the the uh, the point system you was on about. Just because obviously we we get a European place anyway. So it's self from our selfish point of view, I wouldn't mind it. But would Liverpool really want to come back, play behind closed doors, finish off the season, then? celebrate with no one there or in the same time they can't really celebrate now so they've been pretty unlucky but for me honestly I wouldn't mind them just doing the points per game and ending it because I really don't like the idea of finishing off behind closed doors but then what happens next season as well how long is this going to go on for because it could be all next season behind closed doors and we saw it at the Olympiacos away game we've had a taste of this already and even watching that Mm. game on TV I mean it wasn't a very good game but it was there was no atmosphere it was boring and we're just going to have that I mean the, how they're going to finish and if they're going to finish the European competition is another another question isn't it it's just so up in the air I, I, I don't know and I agree with Harry that football without fans we've learned is, is actually nothing well yeah absolutely right and the, the difficult thing with this is that Harry you mentioned then that it was boring to watch the Bundesliga which I don't think is the most exciting league in the world anyway to be fair mm. um, but also the last Wolves game that we watched live had a stadium full of fans and it was Wolves nil, Brighton nil. I think it was the worst <laughs> game of football I ever watched. It so I, I, <laughs> It might have just been that you caught a, a boring game. Could but have been, yeah. Does it, does it not seem... It seems a bit obvious to me that FIFA, UEFA, the amalgamation of the, the lot that run football 
have made a horrendous decision that could actually help in this situation. Whereas the mm. Qatar World Cup that's going to be held during a winter, why don't we just reschedule our football so we end up finishing a Premier League season in line with that? And this gives us the perfect opportunity to do that as well. So we either, we either sack it off now and say that's the end of it, or we wait and carry on and complete the season when fans can come back again and play, be that this winter, this autumn. Mm. And, then, like, and then line thing. it up with a Qatar World Cup rather than having a massive break in the middle of a Premier League season. Because what's happening at the moment yeah. is we've had a massive break in the middle of the Premier League season and then we're going to do it again in two years' time when Qatar comes along. So common sense to me would say, let's line this all up. We have the end of a Premier League season in line with Qatar and then we can start again and slowly reschedule to go back into the cycle that we like. Yeah. I mean, I, Jürgen, I agree with that, mate, definitely. Jürgen Klopp must be loving this, though, because he likes a winter break, doesn't he? So he must be, yeah. must be absolutely... So, Summer break, winter break. <laughs> Sorry, just back on the uh, Bundesliga thing as well. Did you find it strange that like, the rules were that when they celebrated, they had to stay apart and things like that? And What Tro- is the point in yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Troy Deeney made this point. I watched him. He was on like Eddie Earns' show. And he said, like, what is the point in that? Like you say, people are sliding around. You're not allowed to like spit or whatever. But when you're marking someone, you're going to be like obviously right next to them. You're going to be jostling with people. So to say, oh, yeah, yeah, but when you score, mate, two metres apart don't celebrate yeah. together and don't also, make sense at all so so stupid they must be testing all these people constantly now before the game so if they test you then chances are you haven't got it and you can it doesn't really matter then does it because you can't be particularly passing it oh, on yeah. as much <laughs> exactly yeah. if they keep if they keep it everyone in if basically now what they should do is all the players and their immediate family if they want to be with them just need to and the backroom staff and everyone else who's directly involved day to day need to be in lockdown apart from when they're obviously playing together and then if, Jack, if you know you can't if you Jack, can't catch it then it's li- minimizes the risk i just think that this whole bundesliga thing has proved how bad football is without fans and how it is purely the greed of the media companies wanting football to resume that's making that, it that's happen. Hang on, that's that's not is, wrong after it is so pointless this is the, these the lift down of the, the restrictions so far have been to get the economy going again now we're approaching these football clubs um like it's not about the economy and it's not about business it, it, unfortunately it is because you have a lot of people working for clubs and the players are exactly the same they're paid by the clubs you need to have football clubs paying their staff to do their job to get the economy going if again. these things were normal businesses they'd all be bust within 12 months the amount of money they'd all lose this isn't pro- well, they they are, businesses. Yeah, yeah but very badly run they're all in it for the media and the money and translate it's, it's false money and a false economy in football purely being done for the greed of the sky bait. okay well, i'll ask you if somebody can't fulfill their contract when they have been told by the government that they can legally do it where do you stand on that football's about entertainment it shouldn't be about anything else. Unfortunately, that's it not, is. That, yeah, Unfortunately, but that's not the point. Let me that, carry yeah, on. Yeah, that's Unfortunately, point. it is. And that's what we're proving to see with it. But if we, as the fans, the reason why we do this podcast, aren't being entertained by the football, then I think it's completely lost its purpose. And that's why it's purely being done for money, greed, whatever you want to call it. Fair enough. It might be keeping these clubs going, but they're all damn rich enough to not need to play the games to keep going anyway. The lower leagues need to get going though, don't they? Like League 1 and League 2. League 1, League 2 and that are desperate to get going. Joey Barton was on the Eddie Earn podcast and he said that like some of his players don't know where their next wage packet's going to come from. Like They're out of contract soon. So if they get released, they need to be in the market playing in League 1 so other teams... But they're only getting the money coming in through the door from people going to their games and sponsors getting the games going. It's not about the TV rights and stuff for them, is it? So UK with League 2... Going back and playing, but not the Premier League. They're not League, going to make any the money. League They're not going to make agree. any money. And the Premier League should be helping these clubs. And all of football should be helping these clubs keep going. 
to be perfectly honest, what Man City do behind closed doors, I don't give a or Bayern Munich, I don't give a toss about. We should keep football going, and it should be from the bottom up. I think we're thinking about this the wrong way by doing it behind closed doors and getting the Premier League going. In terms of finances, though, if you open it up to the world on a global stage, and you know the Premier League is a massive, massive brand in in that sense, and and you open it up to people paying a couple of quid to watch the team of their choice, and that keeps football clubs going until they find a vaccine. Because let's face it, I think once there's only one, only once they find a vaccine, will that things start to actually get back to normal. Yeah, totally. But people aren't going to tune in to watch Dagenham and Redbridge versus Plymouth. I think they're in very different divisions. But um, <laughs> one, I get your point. <laughs> it's very weird that they're the first two teams that came into my head. <laughs> but what if you were Dagenham and Red, what if you were Dagenham, Redbridge, and Plymouth fans? Yeah, you'd love to. But you aren't going to be able to go and watch it, are you, for the foreseeable future? No, but what if twenty thousand people watch it and they all pay? I don't know fiver to watch it, like you would online for for a game, anyway. And the re- the gate receipts work out at the same. I would be interested to see who'd want to do it. I I personally wouldn't want to. If they said, right, we're going to stream Wolves now, you can either have your, you know, you can pay a fiver a game Season to watch it. Season holders can have it for free. You were talking about Sky Sports a minute ago. There was a, something come out today from the government that they, they're urging that all Premier League games, free cut kickoffs, should be showed free to air <laughs> if it does come back behind closed doors. So I don't I think, think Sky would like that. Should- yeah, it just doesn't. It's, I think, it's all a bit of a mess. Isn't I think it, you I think? should. I don't think it should be free. It should be available to watch though, because you can't physically go to the game, so it's not going to have any mm. effect on. That's a point. Jack, that leads us on. What's going to happen with our season tickets? Like, should they just show us the games for free if you're a season ticket holder? I think they'll probably because Everton and Man United now, I think, have both said they're going to be refunded and Burnley. So I reckon we'll probably get mm. a pro pro rated version of that. Going back to what I what I want to happen now is, I think you have to finish this season now just for because you have to to. to the integrity of the competition but ideally then I wouldn't want to start next season until we're all allowed back in and if that means we can't start until yeah. February next year or January next year do that and if we have to play it, play a, a half season or a condensed season I'd rather do that under normalish circumstances than start play a whole year of games behind closed doors for Jack I would never be able to deal with the situation of Wolves getting to Europa League final and me having to watch it on my couch it, that would be the worst possible outcome of all of this to do doesn't with bother you for doesn't bother you for home games on a Sunday, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no one is fucking bright bright at home at four o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> Trained ninety five quid return. But that's the thing though, Jack, uh, Bayless. That's the thing, right? Liverpool fans, if their their first game back, oh. right, is Everton. So are you telling me that the Scousers are not going to turn up at Goodison Park if it's behind closed doors and try and get exactly. in? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's such a weird thing. And if Liverpool win the title. <laughs> That's another rant we could have. Our four o'clock Sunday games cost me more to get to than it did to go to Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually true. That, yeah, that's, true. A, that's a thing. Say if they do do behind closed doors games at your own, say if Wolves like play at Molyneux but behind closed doors or Liverpool, anyone, will fans just try and turn up? People who don't care? Like yeah, literally just try and turn up and You'd get in. You'd have to in. police you know it, I mean? definitely. Especially Liverpool. Imagine Liverpool last that's game why they want to do the behind closed venues, doors. Yeah, behind closed doors. They know they're going to win the league if they beat someone. And you're yeah. telling me no Liverpool fans are going to turn up and congregate outside the stadium Definitely. to celebrate. You'd need the same yeah, police presence as a normal match day, wouldn't you, really, to keep them all yeah, yeah. Maybe though, Maybe they could do something like social distancing football, where they only feel off the ground and we alternate between weeks who, who goes or something. Oh, Jesus. Or fill up only every third seat. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. No. Or like, because we all sit on the very end of the road, don't we? If, if every time you, you can't walk past anybody, so every time they've all got to walk down and out and then fill up like that. <laughs> 
Uh, Perfect. Well, we, um, we've we ended in the same place we started and we don't know what's going to happen. So what we'll do is we will leave it there. Thank you for joining us if you have. And if you've lasted this long, congratulations and medals in the post. Please do make sure you leave it 72 hours before you open it. We'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. See you in a bit. Dan Bayliss. Goodbye, Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Tarara beat. That's a goodbye for me. Goodbye. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Podcast Network.